Escaping the Revenant by Amber Rodenkirchen. Third time this week. Made to work the late shift at the grocery store across town, but you don't mind. You prefer the night, especially this night since the stars are out, shining down like distant flickering candles guiding your drive home. Inside your empty house, roommate was gone away in the next town to visit family, you throw some leftovers in the microwave, grab the remote, and flip through Netflix. Only unoriginal originals. Nothing catches your interest. Eyes half closed, you click on some action thriller, eating your half-warm pizza lying half-comfortable on a half-firm couch. A dramatic scene appears. Cars slam together in a terrible sound of crunching metal, exploding tires, and shattering windshields. Off. The TV went black. Shouldn't have seen that. You've been trying to avoid awful imagery like that. Why did you turn that on? Your bed was much more comfortable, surrounded by your movie posters and your artwork. The boxes you have yet to unpack fill one corner of the room. The night sky is beautiful. You pull the curtains open and start to drift away, eyes heavy, but still awake enough to see a white streak fly past the stars. You hesitate, thinking how many years it had been since you made a wish. I wish for peace of mind, you whisper to yourself. This feels strange. It dawns on you that there isn't an age limit when it comes to wishing on shooting stars. Still feel strange, like a child. How many years? The alarm clock on your bedside table glows an obnoxiously bright 4.05. Three hours, that's all you wanted, three more hours of sleep. But your roommate wants to deny you such a simple pleasure. Your roommate isn't home. Quieting your breath, you listen out for whatever had awoken you. Large movements, circling the house, making no attempt to be quiet suddenly stopped directly below your bedroom window. This is bad. You grab the thrift store golf club beside your bed and ease your way down the creaky wooden staircase to the, to the living room. Your knuckles are white from gripping it like a baseball bat. New activity started. Your smartwatch flashes, sensing your increasing heart rate. 125 beats per minute. The movements come from the side of the house where your window is. 130 beats per minute. You feel the vibrations of the footfalls through the floor. The hairs on your arms stand on end. 141 beats per minute. Keep up the good work. The thunderous footsteps stop with a booming thud outside the back porch. The golf club quakes in your trembling hands. It feels as though you're growing heavier, more sweaty with each rapid breath, like the floor is growing closer. The back door swings open, banging against the wall, a gush of wind filling the room. Then successively, the front door flies open on the other side of you, then the pantry door in the kitchen, then the door to the garage, then the bathroom door, all letting in a whirlwind, and the movements are inside the house. They're inside. On shaking knees, you run back the way you came, up to your bedroom, filled with a dread you had never experienced before in your life. The footsteps are everywhere now. You slam the door shut, twisting the lock, and leap over your bed to grab your phone. No service, no Wi-Fi, no help. Your head snaps to look towards your door. The footsteps are running now, running up the staircase right outside of the door. The door opens with no resistance. Where the hallway light had illuminated the stairs, there was nothing but blackness. No color, just a void as the door opens all the way. You move backwards in some vain attempt to get away from the thing you can't even see, 
can't even comprehend. The bed ends and the fall knocks the breath from your lungs. You struggle to get up. Everything is muffled and your vision is going black. Don't pass out. Breathe, just breathe, you tell yourself. You command your fingers to work properly, frantically trying to open the window. The lock gives and the frame slides up. You leap onto the roof of the porch. The footsteps are inside your bedroom now. Go quicker. You jump. Your feet collide with the mushy, saturated ground and you stumble trying to get your footing in the slippery mud. Standing, you wonder if your lightheadedness has caused you to see differently. Everywhere there's fog, thick, humid fog that blankets the entire yard. Get to a neighbor's house, you tell yourself. You climb over the fence, fumbling to get over the top and with no semblance of grace, land on the other side. The thuds of the footsteps emerge from your house, now on the ground, smacking the soft mud with each step. You bolt through the yard, but it feels like you've been running for a full minute without seeing the neighbor's house. Where did it go? The fog only allows you to maybe see 20 feet in front of you, not far at all. There are no trees, no more fencing. You turn around. You can no longer see your house, and you can't risk going back that way, not towards the footsteps. Oh my gosh! A familiar voice calls out to your right. It's been so long. How have you been? Turning to the sound carried lightly through the hazy fog, you see a familiar figure emerge. I never thought I'd see you again. You moved away in such a hurry and it was hard to find you. Your heart drops to your feet. A nauseousness wells up in your stomach. Even seeing him, your body remembers his fist, how hard it used to hit. The love he poured into you with every blow, every dagger he spoke to you. I know the way out of here. Come with me. He holds out his hand. Tears flow down your cheeks, pouring out the betrayal, the hurt, the confusion, the dread. You want to go back. It was painful, but you were loved and cared for, and you just threw it all away. You abandoned him. The footsteps were close now. Come back with me. His voice was loud and powerful. You turn to the left. Run, just run. Your bare feet quietly hit the wet earth. Your lungs are burning. Your stomach feels tight and hard, and behind you, cars slam together and a terrible sound of crunching metal, exploding tires, and shattering windshields. You skid to a stop, looking back to see his mutilated body. Three cars mangled together in a gruesome heap fill the night air with smoke and flames. A hand, beckoning, reaches from the first car. Two people are trapped inside. They long to reach out and hold you one last time, to hold their child. So much life your parents had let yet to live, to see you grow up, all gone in an instant of drunken mistakes. You don't get up. The footsteps are right behind you, but you don't get up. It's too much, too overwhelming, too much to run from. You can't run anymore. You feel the wind down the back of your neck. It's right behind you. One of the cars explodes in an ear-piercing shriek. Glass hits your face, tearing into your skin, causing blood to trickle onto your chest. Blackness. Opening your eyes is painful. So extremely painful in the dawning light. The ground underneath your torn and beaten body is no longer soft earth, but rough asphalt. A face appears above you, then two, then four. What on earth happened? It's your roommate speaking. Her voice is muffled, 
quiet, as if she's talking through a pillow. I came home and you weren't there. All the doors were open, including your window. I thought you'd been taken. The neighbors, arm, the neighbors grab your arm, sitting you up, and a cold, cup of cold water is placed in your hand. Your fingertips gingerly touch your face. Blood. You move your ankles ever so slightly. Flakes of dried mud chips off your legs. Come on, let's get you home. Hey everyone, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening again to my manifestation of my descent into insanity, hence the story. Um, this story was honestly a ton of fun to write though, mainly because it's such a unique perspective being in the second person. I know my first episode was written in the second person, but I've never attempted to write something this long in that perspective. This was actually an assignment for one of my classes called Foreman Style, um, taught by Dr. David Kellogg at Coastal Carolina University. Um, anyone who goes to that university, highly recommend taking that class. It's all about how even the sentence structure can affect the meaning of the story. It sounds incredibly dull, and that's what I thought going into it, but it actually turned out to be one of the most beneficial classes to developing myself as a writer. And Dr. Kellogg is a genius when it comes to writing in general, to form and style, of course. And it was so awesome to be taught by an instructor like that. So for one of our final projects that we had to do, I convinced him to let me do a creative story because I was tired of writing research papers. So I went up to him and said, so if I write a creative story, I want to write it really uniquely. Like I want to give myself a little bit of a challenge and I want to write it in the second person. And he had only known of like one book that was written in the second person. And so he said, well, yeah, like that's going to be a challenge, of course. And so I asked him, what are some things that I should look out for um, what are some potential challenges that I could face writing this? And he said, well, the main problem is that the story is going to be right up in your face. So it's going to be incredibly personal because you are telling the reader what is happening to them. And I said, well, that's good because that's what I'm going for. I'm going for a horror story. And he's like, okay, that's perfect. Because the second person is the perfect, I guess, catalyst for a horror story because it makes everything close and personal and right up in your face. It makes all the emotions that the quote-unquote character is feeling a lot more real. So I guess that's why it was so much fun to write because I just really got a way to express those emotions in the most personal way possible. And I took a lot of inspiration from the other classes I was taking. I took one class on Edgar Allan Poe. Very, very fascinating. And it talked a lot about The Revenant because that's one of the hallmarks of Gothic literature, which is one of my favorite genres. So The Revenant, in short, is basically the past returning 
to the present, usually kind of to haunt the main character. Um, in Alfred Hitchcock's movie Rebecca, the revenant would be um, Max's dead wife, her memory returning. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. In Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat, after he kills his first cat, another cat comes um, that, you know, tries to trip him down the stairs and I guess just kind of psychologically tortures him, I guess, as revenge for his actions on the first cat. So that would be an example of The Revenant. It can be past memories coming back to the present. Um, I guess you could think of like things like PTSD as being Return of the Revenant because you can't escape the past. So especially coming from a psychological perspective, I want to be a counselor. Um, it's just such a fascinating topic and I really wanted to put that and other gothic elements into this short story. So in a style way, in a genre way, it was incredibly fun to write. It was very dark, but of course that's gothic literature for you. Anyways, I hope y'all enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. And thank you so much for listening.